A written transcript of this episode is provided by Starburst. For more information, you can see the show notes. Welcome to Data Mesh Radio with your host, Scott Herlman, sponsored by Starburst. This is Adrian Estala, VP of Data Mesh Consulting Services at Starburst and host of Data Mesh TV. Starburst is the leading sponsor for Trino, the open source project, and Jamak's Data Mesh book, delivering data-driven value at scale. To claim your free book, head over to starburst.io. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Hurlman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes. I've now left Data Stacks, you know, thanks for all their help in founding things, but I've left to start Data Mesh Understanding, which is also helping practitioners to get to the information needed to do Data Mesh well. We have free implementer introductions and roundtable programs, in addition to the more advanced yet affordable offerings. So please do get in touch if you're looking for more information on how to do, how to approach Data Mesh. Just check datameshunderstanding.com for more info. There's also a helpful organization of past Data Mesh radio episodes there if you want to dig into specific topics rather than digging through 200 different episodes. So with that, let's hit the funky intro music and listen to what you'll hear about in this interview episode. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? I interviewed Ramdas Narayanan, a vice president product manager of data analytics and insights at Bank of America. To be clear, he was not representing the company and was sharing his own views only. Ask Ramdas to be on to discuss lessons learned from building effective data sharing at scale on the operational plane over the last five to 10 years. So we can learn how to apply those to our data mesh implementations. There's obviously a lot that Jamak has talked about learning from the operational plane, including microservices, domain-driven design, how to do CICD DevOps type of things correctly. So this is, is another way where we can learn what has worked around data sharing on the operational The main output of the conversation for me is a guiding principle for getting data mesh right. Your goal is to convert data into effective business outcomes. It doesn't matter how cool or not cool your platform is or anything else. Drive business outcomes. It's easy to let that get lost in the tool talk and everything else around data mesh. Per Ramdas, when looking at creating a data product or really any data initiative, you need to align first on business objectives, and that will drive funding. In the financial space, there is uh, direct literal funding, but even outside, you should have the same mindset. Make sure you get engagement and alignment across business partners, technologists, and subject matter experts. How are you using technology to address or solve the business problem? 
As many have pointed out regarding Data Mesh, Ramdas has seen that if you don't focus on creating reusable data, you can create silos. You need cohesive data sets, not bespoke data sets for every challenge. That just doesn't scale. You should also study the data sources you are using. Is there additional useful data you could add to your data set or, or for other purposes? Keeping an eye out for business value will really add a lot to, of value to your overall organization. When working with developers, Ramdas recommends helping them understand how the business is going to consume and use the data, and then figure out if that should be something like an API or web service or more of a custom batch delivery. It is important to also work with data consumption teams to be reasonable in their consumption demands. Getting them to modernize how they consume data can be a challenge, and that can put an unreasonable burden on producing teams. So we need to find a good balance there, a good solution. Ramdas talked about how crucial conversations and cultural in general are to getting data projects slash products right. Sometimes the conversations can be tough, but often the they really aren't all that tough. And there just needs to be an open exchange of context and information, especially aligning on business objectives. Projects that fail typically have poorly defined business objectives or lack of alignment. Per Ramdas, it is important to educate the business people on what data exists and especially what data doesn't. That clouded vision of, of what data is available creates a lot of frustration. We need to get better in general at data discoverability so the business folks can know what is available and get access easily. Ramdas has seen that good context in metadata also leads to better context sharing at the person-to-person -person level as it generates additional conversations. This makes sense. If you <laughs> share things down about the first three levels of uh, what, a, you know, what data you've got, those additional level four and five, somebody's going to understand potentially what data is there and you're going to jump ahead to better, better conversations. And you might really find those really valuable nuggets that would have easily been overlooked otherwise. To emphasize that point a bit more, Ramdas believes that data discovery is the main spark for sharing context. Otherwise, we are at, at best exchanging data as ones and zeros instead of the actual information. Ramdas believes everyone needs to understand how information flows through your systems. It can help you better understand the art of the possible and also identify gaps in how you will approach your challenges. Start your projects, whether that is a new data product, a new platform feature, or anything else, by having a lot of information architecture meetings. After that, start to focus on data discoverability. Show and tell sessions have worked well for him as they spark new thoughts and can surface good new ideas. Ramdas wrapped up on a really crucial part of data maturity, which is the curiosity factor. Always be asking, why are you doing something? What problem are we actually trying to solve? Do we have the capabilities to solve that, that challenge or those, that set of challenges? How does the data flow through our systems? Can we push data quality upstream to prevent quality issues instead of remediate the, the data once you get it and try and make it better quality once it's already gone through the system? 
What guardrails can we put in place to prevent issues? How can we enrich our metadata to make this data even more valuable, et cetera? I think you'll learn a lot around thinking ahead and, and thinking with intentionality towards what you're trying to do with your data. Okay, enough of just me. Let's hear from our awesome guest in this interview episode. Super, super excited for this episode today. I've got Ramdas uh, Narayanan, uh, who is the Vice President, Product Manager of Data Analytics and Insights uh, at Bank of America. Um, you know, he is, is representing his own views today, but um, very, very excited about this episode because what we had talked about before uh, Ramdas and I had talked about was how... Bank of America and, and other companies are doing this about how to build out a, a sharing culture from, you know, and the actual operational aspects of building out how you share data on the operational plane, kind of what we've learned there, how we're going to share that on the analytics plane, because, uh, you know, Jamak has talked about this as well. We've learned a lot about how we actually want to deal with sharing data from the operational aspect. So learning how people have done it well, like Ramdas has, has been a big part of, uh, is really, really important to, to getting data mesh right. So very, very excited about this today. Um, Ramdas, if you don't mind, if you could give people a bit of a background on yourself, and then we can kind of jump into the topic at hand. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Scott. Uh, good afternoon, and thank you for having me on this uh, podcast. Uh, really uh, excited about the opportunity to talk about a lot of data-related uh, aspects and uh, other practicing things that I've come across. Um, for my background, I'm currently, like what Scott said, I'm a product manager at Bank of America within the data analytics and insights team. I've been working with uh, data in general in various capacities. I started off as a database developer way back in 1994 uh, with uh, SQL Server 4.2. And uh, I've kind of worked my way through different uh, roles like a client server developer, database administrator, eventually stepped into business intelligence after year 2000, and then uh, slowly kind of made my way through to a product manager, which is my current role. Primarily worked on a lot of different uh, relational database systems. Uh, very recently, I've been engaged uh, in the financial services domain uh, for the past uh, 10 years or so. Uh, focused a lot on uh, mortgage, uh, basically uh, consumer mortgages, and uh, been part of a lot of development and uh, uh, conversion projects. And uh, it, it became evident that as we were traveling through 
uh, all these different projects that uh, data was going to become uh, more and more important uh, for the business. And what I have witnessed in the last five years is a exponential increase, you know, in the volume of data, all the various uh, mediums uh, through which we, we get data and the necessity for a business to really take advantage of all that data. The, the bottom line is that how can data be converted into effective business outcomes, which in turn will lead to, say, revenue generation or cost savings, which are like primarily the two uh, main things we typically solve you know, with the data. Of course, we have other, other areas that we cover like uh, regulation and, and compliance and uh, very specific needs. But in broadly, you know, you are solving uh, this, uh, trying to generate uh, proper business outcomes. Right. And, and I think that's a, a very important thing, especially when you talk about data mesh uh, with how kind of people have, have really become so interested in data mesh. And yet um, mm-hmm. there just isn't, you know, a lot of people are interested in doing it for the sake of doing it instead of like, th- there's a point, there's a point to doing this if you don't have that, that in mind. Um, Correct. So kind of where, where we were looking at, at starting was the concept of building kind of authorized data sources, right? That, that there is a, an authority that is saying, or, or there is data sources where you're saying this can be trusted and how can this be trusted? Because within what, what I'm finding more and more is the big issue with data is sometimes the data is available, but you can't know can you trust it or how well you can trust it and things like that. So you've been working on, on, on this, on the operational side, which is even more difficult in, in my, my view. Um, you know, you might not be uh, setting things up quite as, as much for um, kind of generalized use and reuse versus specific use. But uh, I think that's a, we've got a lot of, lot of places to learn from on that side. So, you know, how do you start thinking about that, that aspect on the operational plane and, 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 you know, we'll, we'll get into it. I don't want to ask the the big, big question of, you know, tell us everything, but like, let, let's try and figure out how, uh, what, what we can take from that and what we shouldn't take from that. Like, what should we leave on the operational plane and, and, and reinvent on the, the, the data plane? Yeah, sure. So, so basically, Scott, uh, the first thing is, what is the business outcome we are trying to achieve, right? So some of the operational projects that I've witnessed, they have a very strong business outcome. It can be anywhere from enhancing a, like a current system capability uh, to provide a better customer experience, or it can be to make the process more efficient uh, so that you can eliminate a uh, lot of uh, sunken costs, a lot of costs that is not necessary. Also do cost savings in terms of uh, redundancy of uh, labor and effort. Uh, it can also be uh, something related to the business outcome could be purely a regulation uh, type of uh, uh, initiative, right? You are trying to solve a regulation problem um, let's say, for example, uh, 
certain businesses are in trouble because they are not satisfying a certain type of audits or regulation requirements so i think the key the key aspect is you need to have a solid business outcome uh, the the places where i have seen the succeed is that that is very well defined very well defined in in the sense that uh, it excites the the whole uh, what you say the business and technology committee uh, everyone feels that that's a valid problem to solve and uh, the most important uh, thing scott is that it is going to be a funded initiative right see there are uh, as we know there are a lot of concepts that are being discussed today in the data world but things don't really take off until they are funded right till everyone everyone knows that there is solid backing financial backing behind this uh, business initiative so i feel those are the two main things that need to come hand in hand so there is a general uh, sense of agreement on the business objective and uh, we also know that uh, it is going to be properly funded uh, project or initiative so that is where uh, things start and uh, the other key um, uh, aspect of this uh, getting to build like a trusted data sources that you need to have the engagement of the business partners the smes and the technologists all at the very beginning right because uh, what i have seen is that it is not always that the business know what type of uh, data is available uh, the technologists know that they they do have uh, data that is coming from various data sources but then the technologists may not know all the uh, correct uh, business interpretations right so what i feel is that the early engagement of all the key stakeholders the key technology partners which includes architects and also any other subject matter expert on that particular business domain right so for example uh, you could be uh, talking about uh, loan data you could be talking about a uh, customer data or you could be talking about something which is very uh, financially related to one of those uh, products right some of the products you are selling correct so you need to bring in uh, all those key partners you uh, know up front at the end at the very beginning of the project and uh, we want to make sure that everyone gets the full business outcome and how and how we are trying to solve that business outcome using data that is the the key connect over there yeah i think that that making that gap between what are we trying to achieve and what technology are we trying to to or how are we trying to approach it and so it's like how are we actually using technology to solve the problem right we're not right. using technology for the sake of technology um, i think that i think it's it's everybody kind of gets that implicitly but i think it's it's good to under, to actually state that very very explicitly right to be yes. extremely explicit and say this has to have a purpose we have to you don't just get to play with the new tool for the sake of playing with the new tool um, absolutely so one thing that that I've seen, at least historically, in a, in a lot of places on the operational side specifically, 
is very, very limited reuse. People are, are forming their solutions for only to solve that specific problem. You know, we need to get away from that within data mesh. But is is that something that kind of that you've evolved past, or how do you how do you think about making it so that there is a specific business outcome, but that that data could then be reused, or that it could it could be you know formatted in such a way, or, or processed, or or you know accessible in such a way that it isn't like we're only solving this very, very specific thing if it could be used for a broader audience? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. And uh, I think that's, that's very important also because uh, the downside of trying to be very specific uh, is that we might start uh, to begin uh, to create a lot of data silos, right? Uh, meaning that it solves that particular problem and then beyond that, it's not scaling or it's not applicable. And somebody else comes along and tries to solve some other problem. And you end up build, building, like, say, another data sets. And uh, what you see in a, in a span of time is that you have a lot of now data sites which are not really interconnected. And you end up with a lot of silos. Yes, that, that's a problem that is definitely to be avoided. Uh, one of the... One of the ways I've seen uh, to tackle that issue is that, you know, when you are trying to solve the business problem, uh, you know, you need to study the data sources, you know, that are going to be available to solve that problem. And as you are studying the data sources, uh, also understand if there is a potential that these can be used for other extended uh, business purposes, right? So one of the uh, good examples is you can take uh, is actually like customer or borrower data, right? So uh, for example, if you are uh, any type of uh, company that is providing a service, you always have customers. And then of course, when you are doing uh, uh, loans or uh, any other loan type of products, you have what is called borrowers, right? So to solve a specific problem, uh, you would be probably trying to get uh, valid customer data or valid borrower data. But then the, the extended side of that is you can use that same customer and borrower data to extend your relationships, right? So for example, uh, if I am selling a, a product on, say, Amazon or uh, any other, say, Home, Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that, and you come and make a purchase and you have my information, right? So, and say you were trying to solve a specific problem, you know, with that data, but now that I have your information, now I can try and see if I can extend the relationship with that customer, say by providing or by giving him options of, hey, we have this service, service available uh, for you, or we have this product available, would you be interested type of thing, right? So. One of the main things I see is that as you are building or solving a problem, uh, also uh, make a study of is there a potential to extend this? And and if it is, you know, that definitely becomes a very important uh, data set or a data point. So that's, that's one of the things uh, I've noticed, Scott, is that some of the experiences I've been involved with is 
when you are trying to source uh, the data uh, rather than just uh, focusing on the very specific problem we also try and see if there is uh, enough generic information available so that it can be extended you know for other products yeah. um, i think i think this will this will be very applicable uh, to businesses uh, when they have multiple uh, multiple product lines going on right so for example uh, there might be a business abc which is trying to solve a problem within a particular product line uh, but in trying to build a data source for that problem they could be uh, getting enough generic information that that company abc can extend uh, the capabilities or the data for other products yeah and i think within data mesh what what i'm i'm hearing from a lot of folks is you you don't do that extension just for the sake of doing the extension but that you set yourself up so you can do that extension right that it, correct, it's correct. Ex, it's extensible but that you don't right. already do that cuz it's otherwise it's just work for the sake of doing work but yeah i think it's correct. it's it's interesting um how how it might be slightly different in financial services because I am finding this when I talk to people in financial services, but like, how did those conversations go around people learning to share data effectively on the operational plane? Because a lot of people with data mesh are really struggling <laughs> with that conversation of, well, our our developers have no idea how to share data. They don't want to share data. <laughs> they don't like... Like how how did you get them to a place where they're uh, willing and happy and able to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. I think that that's a very good point. So the the way it all uh, I have seen uh, you know go about is that uh, first you firstly we engage all the the business partners to to understand what what are we trying to get out of this uh, data source right that we already talked about. And as we are uh, uh, trying to understand uh, those type of needs, uh, we also talk about uh, how is the data need to come out of that uh, data source that we are trying to build, right? So let's say I'm going to have interfaces uh, to my uh, trusted data source. Let's say I have 10 interfaces, meaning I'm going to get data from 10 different sources and I'm going to bring it into my trusted data source uh, we also then uh, turn around and ask the question okay we have data coming in how are we going to provision them out right what are the the different ways uh, we we can provision theoretically and uh, then we talk about the business use case of okay we have the data what you need how do you plan to consume it so there are there could be different ways one is the, the business could have their applications and the applications could be uh, hitting the data source using a web service. You know, that is one possibility. And uh, the other possibilities are that you can do uh, custom uh, batch provisioning, meaning that uh, depending on the business requirement, I can say that data could be de delivered, say, Monday through Friday, uh, first thing in the morning, 6 a.m. Eastern, uh, something like that, that can be made available uh, based on how the business intends to you know, consume the data. 
So that is something uh, we determine when we talk with the business and stakeholders, right? So how are we, how are you planning to use the data? Are you going to be like purely interested in like say a previous, uh, the previous day data or do you want near real time or real time type of setup, right? All of those uh, discussions are happening as we are trying to set up the, the data source because uh, we want to make sure that once we set up the data source, we are able to support those type of uh, initiatives, right? Uh, maybe batch batch type of provisioning is probably easier to solve because you are basically doing it at a point in time. It's very fixed every day, but it becomes more challenging when you try to do more real-time and near-real-time because you need to have more uh, horsepower and then you also need to think about uh, are you going to have uh, conflicts or any type of uh, uh, you know uh, resource issues or speed issues because you are trying to do it uh, in near real time fashion so to answer your question scott if you are talking about operational data provisioning the the way i have seen it happen is that with the recent advent of apis and web services i think that has gained a lot of uh, popularity because for the consuming application, it, it is a matter of just calling a service and you get your data right away, right? Uh, but but if the business intends to uh, process data in bulk, uh, then they might settle in for a batch type of a scenario where they might come and say, okay, you, you guys send me a feed every day at a certain time in the morning and we can build capabilities to ingest the data uh, into our application. Right. And, and have you had pushback from the sources, the source teams? Like this has been one of the big challenges that mm-hmm. when I talk to people is they're saying that they can't get the, those source teams to agree to give them the, the data or to give them the appropriate data in the appropriate way with you know how how they want to consume it is it that the the teams that are consuming have to go to them with like this is what we're actually trying to do and set up a meeting instead of tickets right like actually have the conversation and exchange the context of what are we actually trying to accomplish what how are we trying to accomplish that and then start to talk about technological implementations or, or like how is that even a challenge on the financial services side? I'm finding when I talk to financial services people, their their teams are a lot more used to being data sources for each other. So it's it's a little bit of a different world. Yeah, I think I think you bring up a valid point because what happens in the financial services world in general is that there is a lot of legacy, you know, also that uh, that comes along with all these things, right? Uh, like what you correctly pointed out, certain data sources will come and tell you that, hey, we have been doing it this way for so many years, right? Now, why are we trying to uh, change that? Actually, I ran into, we have run into challenges, especially on the the other end of it, when we have to provide data to um, other systems caught where uh, they would not uh, be ready to move to a more uh, let's say 
modern uh, type of data consumption they would uh, put down their foot and say this is how we have been doing it for the last say 10 15 years uh, we want to do it the same way right so coming back to the the sourcing the the way we have tackled that is uh, we always have had the conversations and upfront calls uh, to tell them what type of business problem we are trying to solve uh i think that is very important because sometimes the data sources might uh, they they sometimes they don't uh, uh what do you say they are not aware of uh, the different requirements because for them it's it's like an extract hey we we send you an extract every day at 2 am in the morning and that's what we are going to do so sometimes it becomes very important to engage them and tell them what type of a problem we are trying to solve right and uh, uh we have had situations where the data sources uh, had to make modifications uh to send uh, you know uh, data based on the request that we needed uh basically they had to create new extracts uh, to to solve our business problem um and uh, that is something which was done with collaboration of everybody uh, involved in the project uh, more specifically stakeholders Uh, because that that kind of a perspective helps because uh, sometimes the data that all the data extracts are handled by technology people uh, but sometimes you would need a business perspective to uh, make them understand about the urgency or why this needs to be modified so uh, some conversations are easy some conversations are tough uh i'm not denying that uh, we have been part of such conversations but it kind of uh, is like a work in progress right i mean uh, some of the projects that i have worked on have taken almost 4 uh, to 5 years to see the you know what you say the the light of the day or the end of the tunnel right mm-hmm. so uh, it's been a lot of uh, discussions uh you know running various types of meetings uh and the other thing we try to do scott is also uh, showcase some examples you know like uh, what is the business outcome it could be like i'm sending letters to customers hey this is what we are trying to do and why do we feel that the data needs to be in by a certain time so that we can achieve this outcome right so some practical examples uh help us expedite that uh, issue uh, meaning overcome that issue so those are some of the things uh, we have tried and it has worked yeah and and i think um when i talk to a, a lot of folks um the giving people examples and giving people um kind of well here's here's what we're consuming from another team or here's the way our our API looks from another team so that way you don't just say you need to serve this data to us in an API it's like well here's here's you know three different examples of APIs that we're using to consume mm-hmm. can you you know we we like these aspects of them is there something that you can build to this or even you know if you can basically use the same building block or or whatever for the API like let's do that and and uh do it that way and it helps the team that's creating it too to not have to think of I have to create this from entirely from Correct. scratch versus I can I can look at how it was done um yes so the uh 
you know, talking about the the easy and the tough conversations, obviously, um, <laughs> when you're doing a, a big cultural shift in, in these things, um, in, in any organization, it can be pretty challenging. Um, we talked about a little bit offline about building a good culture to enable these conversations, to allow for change. So, um, you know, part of that is, especially on somebody like yourself in, in the product management side of, of uh, getting everybody into the same room together to have the conversation and, and not just, uh, you know, ticket and backlog uh, exchange type thing. But what have you found that's that's worked um to getting people to to kind of pair together on this stuff on on sharing data and and where where do you think are some common pitfalls where that communication breaks down when it necessary it's not that it's people just being frustrated and grumpy it's <laughs> that the communication itself is is the challenge yeah i think uh, that's that's a very very important and a crucial uh, step in building out a data as a product or any type of a trusted data source and say eventually uh, getting into a data mesh so the i will tell about the talk about the what you say the negatives or the pitfalls in the process right so business uh, the business does not always have a very good uh, view of the data and uh, what happens is that beyond the business interpretation or justification uh, they don't have visibility into what it's going to look like so when that happens uh, there is like a clouded vision and when the clouded vision sets in a lot of frustration also sets in right it's because uh, they are not able to make the decisions Uh, it's almost like you hit a wall and you don't know what to do next. So there is not very good transparency. And secondly, uh, there is not enough data discoverability. I think this is something I have learned uh, a lot about uh, in the last four or five years, why this is extremely crucial that it needs to be the data discoverability. So if I don't know what is available or if I don't have a way to access to see what is available, uh, even like at a metadata level, right? Now forget the real data, even at a metadata level, uh, what type of business entities or logical entities uh, do I have? That can create a big gap, you know, in how we are going to uh, deliver the final business outcome. So I felt a lot of friction uh, early on when we are going to have these conversations or when we had those conversations is because we didn't have that. I couldn't go to them and say, hey, this is how the data looks like. This is how the data seems to be structured in these systems. I didn't have enough sources. That was number one. And I didn't have a a very good uh, data catalog or a a data governance uh, type of system to uh, point them to and say, uh, maybe you can go and take a look at this catalog and and kind of browse through what is available at a very high level. I mean, I'm not talking about table column level, but like a value chain, right? Uh, for example, within this value chain, uh, these are the entities that will be present. And this is how they're all interconnected. 
I didn't have any of that. And even if I had those, they were very uh, sparse. You know, they were not uh, they were not good enough to get them excited. And one of the things, Scott, I've seen is that people get really into a very good discussion mode or lot of good things come out when you have something to show them with the real data. That's where the the whole uh, conversation or the meaty outcomes, uh, you know, come out of is when you have those type of things you can showcase to the business and you start to put in some valid context, uh, then then you really get some very good conversations going, which can lead to some very good outcomes. So when I saw that gap, so we said, okay, how are we going to address this right now? We need to we need to have both a business and tech work, work together. So what is going to be the glue that will that will solve this problem? So the the decision was made that we are going to focus very heavily on the the metadata aspect. Uh, we are going to start uh, defining uh, what type of uh, entities are available uh, within my trusted data source. And, and we are going to give a, a pictorial representation of that. And the pictorial representation usually is in the form of a tool. So the metadata repositories can be uh, built in-house. But today, but today in the marketplace, as you know, there are a lot of uh, tools available uh, that have that capability, right? That help you to uh, build that capability. So I think that is, that is the, the key factor. So if I can go into a room and showcase that information, uh, I think that is, that will bring about a lot of valuable conversations. And that's what we uh, started doing. So we said, okay, in order to solve your problem, I want you to tell me uh, what type of a business context you are looking at, what type of elements you are looking at, and you provide those to me. And then uh, from the technology side, we will try to do a mapping exercise on how they connect to the data from the different data sources. Once we started doing that, things started turning around slowly. And uh, and today we have a, a pretty decent uh, data discoverable platform. Nice. Yeah, I, I think a lot of what you've we're talking about there um, is is kind of through lines that that I'm I'm hearing on uh, a lot of the episodes that I do as well, where like Tim Tischler had talked about, um, you know, if you even study the way that humans learn, if you're going into a, a meeting where you're trying to get things done, right, where there's specific objectives to it, your brain functions in a different way than if you're going into a, a, a context sharing session. So like those more context sharing sessions of, hey, we want to talk about what's available and what's there or that, that your, right. your brain functions just differently. It's, it's more open to new things rather than, okay, what, what am I trying to get, you know, what, what objectives do I have to write down as the result of this meeting? Because it's not a productive meeting unless we have, you know, 23 objectives versus just getting in that room together more often and, right. and sh- or, you know, virtually or whatever, but, and sharing that. And, and I liked what you talked about of uh, the platform 
is sparking the conversations. I think but too I, many people try to solve all of data discovery with the platform. And if you try to to only solve these these challenges that work much better with with people involved at some point, I just keep seeing people fail versus exactly what you're talking about. Make it so that people can understand what's there, what what's available, the the kind of the art of the possible. And then they can go and talk to somebody and there's a clear path to talking to somebody. I think uh, that that sparking that that conversation is is really, really crucial. And I don't think anybody's really talked about that specifically yet. But I, so I think that's a really, really crucial point to doing data mesh, right, around data discovery. Um, do you have any insights that you can share? I mean, data discovery just gets very, very difficult, but like, are there any insights or, or paths that you would recommend for people, patterns or anti-patterns around that data discovery? Because this is kind of the main challenge or one of the three top challenges, I think, <laughs> that everybody talks about with data mesh. Correct. Yeah. So, so I think this was something I, I encountered, uh, you know, very recently, like typically what happens, right? And in projects, uh, data projects, uh, you know, if you're on the technology side, uh, so the business states out a requirement, and then after, uh, uh, say, a couple of meetings or some meetings, discussions, they you come, they come up with a list of data points. It gets turned over to tech, and uh, technology tries to uh, deliver that, right? And then, and then what happens is that. Uh, where it fails is you know, all you are doing is you are mapping and you are just exchanging data, and and then uh, very soon you see oh the, then uh, business comes back and says oh this was what was uh, this was not uh, what I was expecting to be you know provisioned out I was expecting the data to be this way that way I was expecting this type of values and all that right so I don't think that's the right way to do it. Uh, what has worked one of the probably the patterns i can share is that the, the moment you have an engagement you have a requirement i think it's very important to uh, travel together the business and technology and all the architects need to travel together in the sense understand how the information flows today right understand if there are information gaps so so like the architect can come and showcase to the business okay here is what you're asking this is what we have today this is how things flow today now will that fit what you're asking or is there a gap so we talk very high level at that point and then if you and if you see there is a gap then you go back and ask a question okay what are the data sources we are missing right you know what can that can solve the problem so that is a very information architecture type of session right you are not really uh, talking about uh, implementing the design, but here you are talking about information flows and architecture. That is the number one. Now, once you have got past the information and architecture and flows piece, and we feel there is a general bind that, okay, this is how we want to solve the problem. The next thing is you want to get into the, the data discoverability and profiling piece. And uh, what has worked for me is, I worked in sessions where I, I will take, uh, you know, data samples, various patterns, uh, you know, look at all the 
the important data points, try to come up with uh, different data sets based on those data points and showcase to the business. Hey, you are trying to say generate this letter. Uh, in order to generate this letter, you have told us that you need all these data points. And for those data points, I'm seeing all these different patterns. You know, it can be very, very basic, like, uh, you know, I have a certain code which has uh, leading zeros in it. There are codes which does not have any leading zeros in it. So is that going to be a problem for you? Uh, you know, is that going to make any uh, impact for you? Is that going to change how the letter is going to uh, behave? I think it's important to talk about those patterns because the business doesn't know those patterns. All they know is that they're going to get a set of data points and they're going to generate a letter. But we, like the data profiling or data discoverability is where you can showcase to them, hey, these are the different data patterns we are seeing. Do you sense that this can break anything on your side? Right? And I think that's a very important question to ask. Because they, because for like what I said earlier, Scott, it might spark a thought. Oh, maybe I didn't think about this scenario. Oh, what happens if, if the data comes in this way? Is my processes all set up to handle those type of things, right? So I think that's a pattern that has really worked for me. And I've, I've done it over and over again in more recent projects after I have struggled with it in the earlier uh, stages in my career. Nowadays, when I when I do requirement analysis, uh, like very second meeting or so, I'm actually starting to, uh, you know, uh, have discussions with data and walk through the requirement because I want to kind of shake the tree and see if there is something that is going to uh, fall out of this or see if there is any gap in this. Uh, because on projects where it did not work or where the projects failed, one of the primary reasons is that the, the the data patterns were not discovered. So they ran into that data pattern in production and it breaks. And then it's all like everybody's like, oh, what happened? And then we find that, oh, wait a second. You know, we found that uh, this particular field can have this type of value as well and nobody accounted for it. So yeah. that I think is what has worked for me. So yeah, Abe Gong on his episode had talked a little bit about when when you're talking about the um, producers and the consumers um, having that meeting, that he he used the phrase of the data having a veto um, in how you're trying to set something up, and I think this is part of what he was talking about of like here's how you're trying to set this up, but the data can can say no, you can't do that, you know it because the data isn't in that format where it works, right? And so exactly what you're talking about. I, I think a lot of what you're you're saying is is something that I see a lot with people who are having success in in how they're dealing with data, which is just this intentionality factor of right. hey, like we want to make sure that this makes sense and that this isn't gonna just break for you because we we weren't careful about it. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, slowing down to speed up is, is something that people talk about and it's kind of a cliche, but it's, it's true, right. Of it's true. Like, not, not trying yes. to charge ahead, um, just because you could get something done when it's not going to be done in the right way. So, 
Correct. Yeah, I, I think I think those are those are uh, really really helpful points. Um, so you've learned all of this stuff, uh, uh, especially on the operational plane side of, of things. Moving into kind of the data mesh realm, a lot of people who haven't been um, or who have been on the the data side of things purely. Um, not as much on the operational data aspects, but like the analytics side, the BI side, what advice would you give them on where to learn from or what to learn from or where to, to prevent themselves from going down bad paths? I know it's a very, very big question, but like, are there any things that you would tell people that if they haven't been as focused on the operational aspects of stuff of like, what have you learned or, or where should they go and make sure that they, they learn about certain patterns or, or things like that so that they are setting themselves up for success and that they're not having to rediscover the same <laughs> uh, <laughs> patterns that we've discovered historically. So like, can we skip them ahead to, to being successful? Got you. I think, yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. I guess uh, I'll try to break it up into into different parts here. So one of the thing is, uh, in general, the the curiosity factor and asking the right questions. Uh, you know, even if you are on the BI side, analytics side, I guess uh, the the valid question to ask is, uh, or the question that is always valid is that, what problem are we trying to solve, right? And uh, if we if we know the problem we are trying to solve. Do we have all the capabilities uh, to solve the problem? So one could be uh, technology capabilities. The other could be uh, resources uh, in terms of people, uh, money, and uh, say other uh, factors that are involved in it. And uh, the third thing is that, the third most important thing is that you want to uh, make an assessment of how the information flows, you know, like where the information comes from, you know, does it satisfy our uh, SLAs, then is the data reliable? Because what happens in the analytics uh, space is that you are relying on a lot of different types of data sources. So you want to be engaged with them uh, to the effect that you make sure the data quality issues are uh, metadata issues are all handled at the different data source level, right? And uh, they have a good uh, uh, type of uh, data governance around them. Because what happens is that if you are building a building like a BI dashboard or a AI type of uh, you know model or anything related to that, uh, it's going to be very critical to get uh, good information coming through. I know that's kind of like a utopian thing, but what I'm trying to say here is that uh, data that's of uh, acceptable quality, you know, the data that you can work with. So I think we we as analytics people need to put certain guardrails in place, you know, so that uh, those things happen. And uh, the other uh, most important thing is that your metadata needs to be really uh, rich because uh, if you are producing a report and you are uh, you know representing data points you want to make sure that you have very good metadata backing that 
you know like today people talk about matrix layer or semantic layer uh, what those concepts are talking about is that having a very consistent way of looking at your metrics and i think that is going to be very important so for example right uh, if you are talking about uh, say unpaid principal balance uh, you make sure that you have a pretty consistent definition of uh, what it is in your analytics space because if somebody is if two people are pulling different reports and if they're referencing the same data point right they don't want to be walking away with uh, walking away with two different interpretations you want to know that it's the same interpretation and i think uh, i think in order to achieve that i feel that that matrix layer concept or the semantic layer concept can be very helpful yeah. because what you are doing there is you are trying to rationalize and normalize a lot of the uh, definitions and interpretations and uh, i think scott what i have seen is the biggest challenge both in operational and analytics is that particular aspect uh, you know uh, you know we been in conversations where uh, it's literally like a bloodbath on you know what the what a particular term can mean and i think getting that down is going to be very important yeah uh, like say for example say you spend uh, say millions of dollars building a very nice uh, what is a analytics uh, data store for example and if people are going to have questions about what you are trying to uh, report on or build on or model on then we have a problem right i mean then people are going to question the validity so i don't think we should um, get to that point in order to avoid those pitfalls i think you put lot of the effort right up front yeah uh, on deciding how you want to build the whole analytics layer and make it more efficient so i think uh, i don't know if i was all over the place but these are some of the thoughts that came to me uh, when you talk about you know analytics and how you can make it more successful No, I, I think it was very succinct and clear. And, 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 you know, you talked about the data quality issues at the source. I kind of tell people, stop trying to clean up the, the polluted river instead of go up and prevent the pollution, right? If you can prevent the, right. the pollution, that's correct. <laughs> that just makes sure everybody's lives easier. So, um, well, Ramdas, this, this has been super awesome. Uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing this information with folks. I think it'll be helpful for a lot of people. Um, if people want to, follow up with you on this uh, is the best place to reach you LinkedIn and, and kind of what do you want people actually following up with you about if they've got questions on certain things or, or want to talk on certain topics? Yeah. So yeah, definitely they can follow me or I mean, follow up with me on LinkedIn. That is fine with me. Uh, if they have questions or if they want to have any type of discussions and I'm, I'm very open to learning, I think in the data space, i feel things are evolving each day the new newer things are coming in so i'm willing to discuss or learn about different perspectives or a unique problem they are solved uh, i'm all open for that yes uh, so definitely i'm reachable on linkedin and i'm open to any type of discussions or questions i'm open to that well again thank you so much for your time today and thank you everybody for listening I'd again like to thank my guest today, Ramdas 
Narayanan, who's the Vice President, Product Manager for Data Analytics and Insights at Bank of America. You can find a link to his LinkedIn if you'd like to get in touch with him in the show notes. Thank you. Hopefully that interview episode was really useful for you. Please do consider getting in touch with guests from the show, from these episodes. Most have said they'd really love people to reach out to them. And please, as well, if you've got a minute, rate and review the podcast somewhere. It really is honestly super helpful for other people looking into kind of data podcasts to kind of get this in front of them. Data Mesh Radio is again provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It's produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. In April of 2023, I left Data Stacks, who were wonderful in getting the Data Mesh community stuff started. So give them a shout for streaming and real-time AI needs. But I left to start my own industry analyst kind of information as a service firm. Our offerings are affordable and you can do them on a one-off or a month-to-month basis. You know, read kind of Throw it on the credit card. Don't worry about like going through purchasing and things like that. The services include lots of practitioner roundtables, you know, one-on-one data mesh kind of planning or feedback sessions and tailored introductions to other data mesh practitioners that are focused around your topics of interest. You know, what, what are you actually running into challenges with? We also have some free programs around introductions and roundtables that people can kind of check out as well. Check the show notes or just go to datameshunderstanding.com for more info or helpful resources. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch as well. And have a wonderful rest of your day. Now let's hear that funky outro music.